We'll put you on hold so you can listen to Todd Furman's answer. Todd, uh, Bam yes. just had the question. Can the Titans have a top 10 defense this year? Uh, sure, if they can bring in 22 new bodies and the NFL allows them to play 22 players against opposing offenses, 11, then yep, top 10 defense on the horizon. Hey, for the whoa, whoa, whoa. Herman, you do realize that this is a <laughs> different defense than they had last year, right? I do realize that, Don, but I think getting to be inside the top 20 would be a step in the right direction. There top 10, even with the schedule that they play, I just don't see it. But you never know. If you shut out the Texans twice and you shut out the Jaguars twice, anything is possible from a scoring defense perspective. Jeez, well, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, uh, with, with as good as this offense could be on paper, if they're just good on defense, not necessarily great. I mean, they were 11-5 and in the playoffs with that crap last year. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, this team is built around their offense, but I think expecting the offense to pick up where they left off last year is also a leap of faith. Now, the one good thing working for the Titans, as I've said, division-wise, it's a two-horse race. I would be stunned if it was anybody other than the Titans or Colts that ended up atop the heap. And when you look at the Titans' schedule out of the gates, you know, they'll have a chance to kind of do some damage early on. If you assume you get a split of uh, the week two, week three games against Seattle and Indy, and then road games against the Jets and Jags, Suddenly, you're talking about a team that could potentially be 4-1 and one, uh, headed into that second third of the season. So there's no excuse for Tennessee not to get off to a quick start. But I do think offensively, replacing the productivity of Jonu Smith and Corey Davis with just Julio Jones is a little bit of a perilous balance. And the Titans fans don't want to give any credit to what that tandem accomplished last year. Todd, I've never seen this side of you before. This is different. Slay, we're just getting getting juiced up here. I mean, when it comes to Titans football, I know you guys want to hear me proclaim they'll be 17-0, and and they'll be the team to beat in the AFC. Someone's got to knock down this audience at peg or two and keep them a little bit more realistic with expectations. I see it. I was was just going to ask, did you think Jordan would have – Went for four if they brought him back in 99 to the Bulls. I, man, I don't know the side. I don't know the side of time. I saw you in off season. That's what I was going to say. Fo- football season brings out the best in us. I but see uh, as listeners know, if there's opportunities to bet the Titans, I will be at the front of the line to try and take full advantage uh, of the market efficiencies or inefficiencies, whatever the case may be. Jay it. on Twitter says, shout out to Mr. Furman for keeping it real. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> he always does that. There's no emotion involved. We tell people this all no. the time, Todd. Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't know how long uh, Mr. Jay's been listening. He should know that there's no emotion, there's no sentimentality or nostalgia anywhere around this particular segment at least once a week. <laughs> so from where you're so from a handicap perspective, where, where you're putting together your power numbers and everything else, what are you doing to get ready for the football season at this point or are you already there? Power numbers are pretty much already set up in a pretty good spot. There will be minor adjustments here there as you go through and kind of update some of the depth charts that are out there. It's as much keeping tabs on injuries uh, as anything else, trying to figure out what you know, role players like an LJ Ford at linebacker means to the Baltimore Ravens, what a potential upgrade Sony Michelle can provide to the backfield for the Rams, or, or figuring out which players on the pup list may not be at full speed early on. The one thing with either pro or college football, because you don't have that huge sample size you do of a 162-game season in baseball or 80-plus games in the NHL and NBA, you can't overreact early on, but you also can't underreact. If a team comes out week one and week two and underperforms my expectations, I have to adjust pretty quickly. Otherwise, I'm going to be chasing an uphill battle all season long. So September is always fascinating as we start to figure out what these teams are, knowing that's not what they're going to be when you get into November and December. So, uh 
for those that don't know, you used to set lines for one of the, the sports books in, in Las Vegas. How different is what you do now to get ready for football season compared with where you were when you were doing that job? You know, it's significantly different, uh, honestly, in the fact that the numbers that I'm creating, I don't have to hang prices on all of these games. So I can understand where odds makers are getting their numbers, how they're building the markets, whether it's player props, futures, or anything else along those lines. It's me trying to find a handful of teams. In the NFL, it may be as few as two or three. In college, it may be 10 or 12. That, that I think the market is misguided on the way that they're approaching them, whether they think a team is going to be a lot better than they are or they think a team is going to be a lot worse. You know, that's where you can make a little bit of hay during the early portion of the season. And then you factor in some public perception, scheduling spots and all of that. So I spent a lot more time on schedule analysis being on this side of the counter now uh, than I used to as an odds maker, where you kind of went day to day, week to week. Uh, now as a sports better, uh, I can spend a lot more time looking at the full month landscape ahead of time, trying to identify what might need to happen for me to bet a college football game on, say, September 18th. Speaking of college football, uh, college football begins this weekend. Nebraska-Illinois, I guess, the, the matchup that I'm most interested in. Nebraska, a road favorite by, what, seven? Yeah, this number's kind of ping-ponged all over. It was as high as eight and a half, nine in some spots this offseason, got below a touchdown at some books, and we'll call seven pretty much the consensus right now. Total sits at 55. I think when you look at Illinois, they'll bring back a six-year senior starting quarterback in Brandon Peters, and uh, the running joke is if you're in college for six years, you're either a doctor or you're not going to play professional sports uh, at any particular level. So when you look at Peters, he's going to be a look-to-run first guy with Brett Bielema's offense. We know they want to try and impose their will physically in the trenches. Nebraska, let's see what Scott Frost can bring to the table. We know there are all the boo birds that are starting to swirl uh, around the off-field investigations and whatnot. I think Adrian Martinez has failed to live up to his potential uh, in his couple of years in Lincoln. But I do think this Nebraska defense can be uh, very good and an underrated unit overall. So for me, don't see a whole lot of opportunity to bet a side here, but I do like the game under 55. I think it's the first team, you know, maybe in that 24 to 27 range that will get a win in Champaign. Uh, I will be out in Cali for a little Hawaii at UCLA. What do you see? Where do you see that one? By the way, I think, what did it open at? 70? (laughs) The total total did open at 70. There's been some uh, significant under money that's come in so far, and I actually think that total is going to continue to drop. What's interesting about this line, though, Don, is you had some books open UCLA as low as a nine-point favorite, mm. uh, albeit that came with very low limits uh, when a lot of the books that take you know, much larger bets start to open up. It was in that 16 to 17 range. When you look at UCLA, no surprise to anybody in SEC country that their biggest non-conference game isn't against Hawaii this coming Saturday. It'll be the following week when they welcome in LSU. So you do wonder with Chip Kelly how much of his playbook he wants to show. Will we see Dorian Thompson-Robinson exclusively? Will we see the other quarterbacks get into the mix? Uh, But also the buzz I've heard out of the islands is their fall practice has been interrupted uh, by some COVID absences. So I'm not quite sure they'll quite be at full speed. And so when I look at this game, I think under makes a lot of sense can see UCLA building a lead early and then kind of taking their foot off the gas. Meanwhile, Hawaii returns a bevy of starters, but with Chevin Cordero, they're a team that's going to look to run a little bit more than they will pass. Todd Graham, I believe, ran the ball on 55% of their offensive snaps a season ago. Todd Graham. I asked Don who was at Hawaii. I'd forgotten. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there another college football game this weekend that, that you're looking at? Uh, I mean, not a lot of attractive games from a viewership standpoint. Uh, I'm actually interested, as ridiculous as it sounds, to see what we're going to get out of the UTEP Miners. 
Uh, I think Dana Dimmel's team, you know, people don't expect a whole lot. I know where most people have them power rated at the bottom of the FBS. Uh, but I think they have the chance to win a few games. When you look at New Mexico State, a lot of defections. They weren't exactly great in the two games we saw during the spring schedule. When you lose to Tarleton State and you slip by the college football power of Dixie State, uh, I'll give you guys a $5 bill if you know what state Dixie State's actually located in, by the way. And UConn Fresno, when we look at Fresno, I think they can name the final score here. I'll look at them in the first half at 17 or less. Okay. Where is Dixie State? Like Montana? In Utah. Utah. See, I knew I it was going to be a I never would have picked that, though. <laughs> it's going to be a Dixie State. Would you, would you guys have known if I asked you where southern Utah was located? Would that have been an easier question than answer period? Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Tennessee and Chicago bears a slight favorite now. Yeah, this is a game, I think, where Bears fans are awfully excited. The announcement, of course, came out from Matt Nagy that Justin Fields will get the start here. Uh, we know that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter week one. How long he remains the placeholder there is anybody's guess. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what Fields can do with some of the number ones for the Bears out there. The Titans look significantly better last week than their counterparts uh, taking care of Tampa. Uh, neither team really played a lot of key contributors. My lean here is towards the Bears, but at two, two and a half, I don't see a whole lot of reason to get involved. Total has not budged. Open 36, still sitting 36 pretty much everywhere. Hey, hey Todd, real quick, man, for, for my fancy. Uh, tickle my fancy, how about that? Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul in boxing. <laughs> you know, the one thing that um, I always ask with these Slay is, you know, how much do you trust the leg legitimacy of what's going on? We've seen so many of these UFC fighters get into the ring and look like they haven't trained at all to try and fight the Paul brothers. Now, I know Tyron Woodley has said all the right things. Mm -hmm. He claims he wants to go out there and put a hurting on uh, Mr. Paul. Mm -hmm. That remains to be seen. So for me, you know, it's not a sporting event that I can really bet. And I think until the Paul brothers lose, you kind of almost have to back them blind, albeit for small stake. Wow. Mm. I love it. Wow. I love that football season's here, Todd. We'll, uh, we'll visit next week and uh, see what you think about Tennessee and Bowling Green. All right, we can, uh, we can break that down. I will not be making a case for Bowling Green as a 33-point dog, so uh, I'll give you a little spoiler right there. Just not sure I'm ready to lay 30-plus with Josh Heupel's offense week one. There he goes, Todd Furman. At Todd Furman on Twitter if you have a specific question about a specific game. Thank you, Todd. Bet the Board right. Podcast also uh, really, really good where you get your podcasts, so check them out there.